Kids Podcast. Hello and welcome into Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Finberg, joined by my lovely co-host, number 15, Mr. Vince Carter. What's up? BC is... I'm, I'm in the house. In the house still. Different location. I'm still in the house though. It's really good. In the ATL, how's it going? How's How's the place? How's life? Life has been busy. Golf has been good, bad, and everything else in between. Just busy, which is, you know, for me, it's a good thing. I mean, I, I like I said, I, you, you know, I think retiring, I, I, you always wonder, well, for me, I wonder, like, I know I couldn't just sit around and enjoy it like people would think you would, I would do, or they would do. It's just, I found myself more busy. It's like, yeah, I retired from one thing and, like literally hop back, hop into the the next phase immediately. Now that the finals is done, uh, it's, it seems like it slows down, but I have like a couple of other commitments of content that I do <laughs> on the side. So it's constantly going. So it's, it's like slow on, on some days, but it's just kind of going, 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 you know, for my competitive fire, I, I I'm in, I entered in a, um, couple of golf tournaments, a couple of money tournaments, like like for real, like a couple of team tournaments. I actually got our um one and only Camp Baysmore on my team. What tournament's that for? It's in it's actually in the Bahamas. It's in it's at Albany, um, where Tiger does the Hero Classic or I think it's called the Hero Championship of Heroes, whatever, the Heroes Golf Tournament. And at Albany, we're we're going out there to play. So we we, we did a tournament together, what, a week ago, a week and a half ago. We swore up and down. Like when, once we finished the 18th hole, walk off the green, we're driving back up with our car. We're like, oh, bro, there's nobody. We shot 15 under. There's nobody beating this. Like we 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 killed it. We get up there. You know, typically in tournaments, people are like, oh, what'd you shoot? How'd you do? How'd you do? You know, that's how people fill you out. Yeah. Just like when you go to the gym, you know, oh, yeah, what you bench? <laughs> you know how that goes, right? So the one of our we had two young guys with two college kids who who played golf at Morehouse. So we're we're putting our, our our bags in the car and getting ready to drive up. And the one kid named Solomon Solomon goes, "Bro, we we didn't win." So what you mean we didn't win? He said, "These kids, mind you, he's in college." Right. So when he said these kids shot sixteen under, I said, "What you mean, kids? You?" He said, "These kids, we lost." I don't mind telling this. We lost to uh, a seventh grader, ninth grader. Oh, you did not. 13-year-old who is the number one junior golfer female in in the country. Wow. Who hits it a mile. And in other girls, she was like a kid. And yeah. And these kids were serious. But it was cool because we're in their environment. And uh, we were salty. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Baze and I were sitting over there, like we were over there pout- pouting a little bit, low key pouting. <laughs> we were like, man, this. Is... So you, Baze, as you know, being Baze, Baze said, "Oh, let's go, to, let's go, let's go right here to eighteen. I mean, number one right now. Just settle this." Like <laughs> he wanted to see, you know, what's good. So sometimes you're in golf tournaments, you just never know. And we're not saying that they're cheating. Don't get me wrong. We were just like, man, I, like we played well, yeah, like well, and you and got beat by got seventh third. Grade. We ended up getting third. We because we had two holes that we parred. I mean, and then it's a way they we both shot fifteen under. Second place shot fifteen under. But when they went to the tiebreaker, some some way somehow we didn't get second. We got third. 
Yeah, so we're we're planning on going out here to to the Bahamas and wreck shop. When's this Bahamas one happening? It's like like two two weeks, two two three weeks. So, if you guys need like um, I don't really know what services I could provide. Maybe a personal cart girl or podcast host. Let me know. I'm free to go to the Bahamas <laughs> whenever. Yeah, I would love yeah, to go cool. on a vacation right now. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira. Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Actually, I do have a question for you. We all know that you have signed with ESPN, but I'm curious to know, I know you had some offers to maybe go to a team or something like that. So why did you decide to do TV um, rather than maybe go work for a team somewhere? No, I know for a fact I wasn't ready to work for a team. And when I say, I mean, as far as full-time as a team, traveling, you know, like 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 we do, you know, and the hours, I, I, I feel like, if I did that, I might as well come back and play. Hmm. I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. So if I did do a team, it might have been just home games. Being that I'm here in Atlanta and, you know, so if it was like Atlanta, for instance, I'd just do home games. If it was somewhere else, it would be tough. Then I'd have to <laughs> move again when I just yeah. kind of committed to that. So it would have been something like the Hawks. It, 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 once I moved here, it narrowed my options down to the Hawks or maybe a Florida team somewhere mm-hmm. close, Charlotte, you know, somewhere that's not, you know, that's accessible and, and, and quick and easy to get to. I guess New Orleans would be rather close. It just, I just didn't know. And then when you talk about companies, uh, ESPN, I mean, from, from day one was like on me, like, mm. no, you know, we, 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 we want you, we want you. And I've worked with them before and I've, you know, I work with both companies. I worked with a, a lot of companies, you know, I felt comfortable with all of them, but it's just, you know, obviously, you know, you, you want to be wanted. And yeah. you know, I think they all want to. Oh, do you, but, I know? <laughs> but, <laughs> and, but it's just like when you get to the finish line, who still has the same desire for your services? And there was no, you know, I mean, it's no shot at anybody else. It's just at the end of the day, the, the, the best opportunity was, you know, ESPN. Um, not only did they show that they wanted me on board like the other companies, but, you know, 
they backed it up by giving me three years of work. It doesn't get any better than that, you know, uh, especially when you when you retire from something and you're looking for the next thing to do, you know. But that's why I I, I practice uh, I've practiced and put the time in in the last <laughs> what seven seven eight years or so mm-hmm. just working on my craft, kind of approaching like like basketball. You know, you have to work on your game. You have to be around the best players and, you know, just make your mistakes. And I, I've, I've had the opportunity to make my mistakes. And it's weird because before I actually signed officially, I was already working and I, I, I took it as practice. Like I told you before, I took all yeah. of that as practice. And once I signed with ESPN and, and kind of was my official first day, it didn't feel like it. It just mm-hmm. felt like I'm doing the same thing as every other summer. Yeah, here I am. Working hard is fun. It's fun. I, I enjoy it. So I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see how. To, sorry to cut you off. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how the future, uh, how how the world uh, comes about, because this year, I, I mean, I just got to do some. I mean, it's virtual, but it was some studio work, the jump, um, some morning shows, uh, get up and first take. And I did Scott Van Pelt, so I was doing four shows a day sometimes, but. I still want to call some games and I get to call some NBA games and I get to call some college games. And I'm kind of excited about that. You know, NBA game is going to be a a lot easier in college because obviously I'm just retiring and I know the majority of guys in this league, I played against them and, you know, college is going to be a little different and it's a little more studying, um, different challenge, but the opportunity is still the same. The, the work is still the same. The approach is still the same. So I should be okay. Vince Carter never met a challenge he didn't take. No, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Should be fun. So basically what you're saying about ESPN is they courted you well. And unlike in the dating world, they did not ghost you at the end. They signed, they seal, sealed the deal. Yeah, not in the dating world. Um, courting. They, um, they sealed the deal. Everyone is ghosting these days, Vince. I know you don't know. Everyone is ghosting. I just have to get that off my chest, okay? <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> no, they were consistent, like I said. And it's not like everybody, you know, the other companies, you know, weren't consistent. It's just they were consistent but persistent. Like, mm-hmm. like they were, like, really, like, at first it was like, okay, okay, easy, easy. And then when it started coming down to decision time, it was like persistent. I like it. Like. You know, that makes you, it, it makes you feel wanted, you know? And like I said, like, you know, once again, I say it, it's not like I wasn't wanted by these other companies. It's right. just, I mean, if you look at the consistency of the persistence, it was, um, it was a good feeling. Shout out to ESPN. If for nothing else, they got us Dorisburg for the podcast. So I can now die happy. So we're all good there. Yeah, she's the bomb, man. She's the she, bomb. And it, she you know, sure is. it's a lot of people in, in this, in, in the broadcasting world. Uh, at both companies, all companies, um, and I'm, and I say all companies. I, I worked with Fox before. I've worked with obviously Turner and ESPN, and there's a lot of legendary analysts and broadcasters in the business that I, you know. Just getting the practice and just listening to and watch them work, working beside a lot of them. I just I'm like wow, man. You know, I, I'm I'm in awe of them. Believe it or not just because of this now I'm in that field and that's my mindset now. It's like, I want to, I just want to come across as easy breezy as 
all these people like like a Doris Burke. It's like when you hear them talking, only you gain the knowledge from what you're hearing from these analysts while you're watching the game and you pick up hopefully, you know, my goal is hopefully you pick up terminologies or just situations that maybe you can't catch like that, you know, but I can break it down. You know, just things that I've seen other great, great analysts do. Well, I can't wait. I've seen you on TV quite a bit recently, but I know you're going to be great. Can't I'm wait here, to see you call some boy. games. You are everywhere. I swear I turn on ESPN. I'm like, it's Vince. My mom's like, I see Vince on TV. My friend's like, Vince is on TV. I'm like, I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> yeah. Especially early in the morning, man. L- literally, uh, I, I mean, I think of that. Like, you think of the show Get Up. You know, I'm not awake to watch Get Up. I, I know that. But that's what I'm saying. Literally, like, when you're getting up, like, get up because we're on. Like, it's just, it's, it's go time. It, what it's was your wake cool. up like, time for that? It just depends. Uh, I mean, that li- sometimes I was at the top of the show, eight o'clock, we started. And so by 7.45, like, you're in place getting, re- you know, getting yourself situated on set or whatever so yeah and then this thing Keyshawn you know Keyshawn and uh Jay Will I think their show starts at like 6 a.m Ooh, they asked me they asked me to do one at, at, at seven I say like, eh, guys I, I'm not uh, something I'm came not locked up. in yet I'm not locked <laughs> in yet <laughs> something came up um okay well let's talk about basketball the Lakers won the championship as they I guess that they would I think you probably knew that they would Although there were hope for there was hope for other teams. All in all, what'd you get from this Lakers championship? You learned a lot. You got to see other people grow you know, for the amount of speculation, hesitation that led to some questions. Does the Lakers have enough? And as you continue to watch the season, the bubble season go on, um, uh, you know, even for me, in the beginning, it was hesitation. It's not like they couldn't do it, but the question was, was the three-point shooting, would the three-point shooting hold up or get better or be good enough to win? Because at the end of the day, when LeBron dominates, when Anthony Davis dominates, after a while, they're going to demand double teams. They're going to open up a lot of shoot, a lot of situations for all these guys. And I tell you, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope answered the call. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he shot the ball well. I mean, Rondo. I mean, a lot of these guys. I mean, you know, a lot of people talking about the the bubble and, and this. Yeah, it's 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 easier you know, atmosphere to shoot in. Still got to make the shot. And then we, you know, for as many people that we saw make a lot of shots, <laughs> we've seen some people who struggle. You know, my my guy. You know, I'll, I'll say. You know, the one thing I was disappointed that kind of disappointed me, and you know, maybe he's a friend and he's somebody I uh, I know uh, pretty well is Danny Green, who went through a lot just for a game of basketball, and he's a proven champion. I tell you what, he still stood in the forefront, and for all these people who had stuff to say, guess what? That man has another ring, and guess what? And he's going and, and he's going to make a lot of money. He's going to make a lot of money. People are so and, wild. And, you know, it's just, yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I said I had a, uh, I said something um, to some friends of, of mine about that. I was like, some of you, I said, some of y'all throwing real hate at Danny Green. Not just everyday fandom hate. Like, you know, as your fan, you're like, man, what are you doing? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like, real hate. Like death threats. Like, yeah, at Danny Green. But I was like, remember, life comes at you fast. And you may be on the other side of that hate, 
just before you know it. So just think about that. So it's like as much as you like the death threats and what you said, what you say to this this guy over a game of basketball, not the game of life, like a sport. Life comes at you fast, man, and and it, it can flip the switch, and you're you're the butt of the joke, and that's now coming at you. Maybe not on this national stage, but locally, mm-hmm. <laughs> nationally, you know, whatever. And I just, I just, you know, it's just something I thought about. I was like, just remember that, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a Bucks fan, and, and I, I root for my team. And sometimes I'm like, man, what you doing? But it's like, like real hate. Like, it's a difference between fan being a fan and just disappointed but like mm-hmm. real hate it's just unfortunate and then and then and then i came back with a thought that i'm saying but yet y'all are out here posting these quotables about what people have done to you all the time because you're feeling certain and you're in your feelings and blah 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 but then you go fire like the artillery you know so I mean, it was just one thing about just danny's not playing well yeah let, this, you know he he knew it you know, just it is what it is, but God, Lee, man. But he came out, got it done. He played, he played decent, you know, for after that. Like, how, you know, some people, he's a champion. He's a two time champion. Like, this is nothing. This is, this is nothing. Like, he could easily be rattled and shoot air balls or don't show, you know, not, not at all. Like, this dude still came to play and he has a championship now, by the way. Right. For all he has a people. ring. Yeah. And, People are talking about we won, we won. Well, guess the part. Guess what? He's a part of your team yeah. that is the we. Yeah. So, yeah, it just bothered um, me a little bit. Here's a beautifully written question by producer John: Does AD's per, uh, playoff performance raise the value of the big man position, which has seemed to dwindle since the Warriors dynasty? It's it's tough to say because I, I look at Anthony Davis and I, I consider him a hybrid, mm. and, and and because he could do so many things and he's not the typical big man, and and there's there aren't really what we consider typical big men in the NBA anymore. Um, there's, you know, you look at a Jokic who could, who's a big man, but he he's still, he's a hybrid at the five position because he can do more than just play in the post. He can shoot the three, he can pass. Well, he can't run the floor like that, but I mean, but he does run the floor. He gets down there, he gets in position, like they play through him, not on the post. They play him at the top of the three-point line and all of these things and, Man shoots fade away three pump fake one leggers. I mean, so the the big man position has just been changed. I mean, you look at what Draymond was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and there were points when he he was playing the five position at at his height of six seven, maybe six eight, six nine at at best, and getting the job done. I mean, at the end of the day, now the way the game is played now, you're looking for five guys that can get it done, and. You know, you're hoping one of your five guys is able to to guard the uh, a, a center or someone at the six ten, six eleven. If they're seven feet, you know, something that Houston was trying to do. I didn't agree with you know how they were their style of play uh, because I mean, okay, let me let me rephrase, rephrase that. You can play that way, but at some point when you're going against a team like a, 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 a like the Lakers. You need big men. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need somebody to, you know, to 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 guard these seven footers. You play in Denver, like you still need a bit. Like people were like, "Oh, Houston will will kill Denver." <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, regardless, I'm gonna play through the big, and I'm, I'm gonna maybe these small guards have success early, but there's only so many times seven footers at two seventy, two eighty can lean on you that like 
you you're gonna have enough energy to to get to the finish line. So I just felt like, man, you brought Tyson Chandler in as a big utilize him, use him. I mean, even if he gives you eight to ten minutes, you can play big to help guard some of these big guys. And you know, I, I just I just think the big the, the big man position has has changed a lot over the last couple of years. You know, when you walk into a gym now, an NBA gym, I you know I speak for the NBA gym. You see, you know, you walked in plenty of them, and what do you see some of our bigs doing? Working on a three point shot. That's just the always. way the game is, yeah. and yeah, always exactly. And and you'll more than likely see a lot of guards post up. I mean, look, think about now who's who's posting up. I mean, LeBron, you know, Westbrook, Harden, more so than our uh, than the bigs, the everyday bigs. There's no like I've come, I've played where it was very little three point shooting compared to now. It's, it's very little three point shooting. And all played through below the free throw line or below the top of the key, and now everything's played almost above the the free throw line. So it's just amazing to you know as I sit here and talk about it, think about it, it's like, man, I've seen the game change from one dynamic to it to the other, and uh, you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad uh, I was I, I was put in this era. You know, at, I mean this time when I was from the old school slowdown to the new school. High, high, high-powered, fast-paced offense. Yeah. Even if you look at the Hawks, obviously, you know, JC was shooting the three a lot last year. Deadman was shooting it. Um, mm-hmm. I did a thing recently with Clint Capella, and one of the fan questions was like, have you been working on your three-point shot? How many threes will you be shooting this year? And same for Bruno. So it's, I mean, it's interesting to see that that's what everyone is wanting from these and centers remember, right now. If we remember last year, which is two years ago, with my first year, Alex Lynn, Mm-hmm. Had a career year shooting the three. Yeah, like and he, he was a weapon for us. Like we put him in the corner because you know for some, for the actual big like a Alex Lynn who's seven feet, your mentality still is to guard the paint and stay mm-hmm. inside. So we put Alex on uh, and a Lynn in the corner over there, swing to him, and he was letting it fly. <laughs> you know, so he um, shot like and, what three three pointers or something in prior. the NBA before he got to the Hawks prior. and then it was like Absolutely. 23 or something. It was insane. Yeah. No, it was way more than that. He probably had 23. Oh, he probably had like 23 attempts alone in probably like five games, six games, man. I mean, it's just, he he works his butt off. I, another person is Mark Gasol. Uh, mm-hmm. When when um, Fisdale got to Memphis, you know, the old grit and grime half court mark didn't really shoot threes he you know he could shoot it but he didn't shoot many he was at the elbow if anything and all of a sudden Fisdale was like we need you to shoot at least four or five a game and he was uncomfortable with it but by the all-star break mark was um top five in three-point percentage with Steph Clay <laughs> you know, it's like you look Insane. at the list, you're like, oh, Steph Curry, okay, Clay Thompson, all right, Marcus Soul, wait, what? Like it was just it was just crazy. Um, you know, just I mean, but there's guys who actually can shoot the three like that. I mean, you see like JaVale McGee, uh, guys who you were like, there's no way, you know, even Dwight Howard, you look at the the last shot of the, you know, his last shot of, of the year was a deep three and he shot it with ease. But eight years ago, maybe even five years ago, he would struggle shooting outside, you know, of the paint. I mean, even when he played in Atlanta, he wasn't shooting that far out. And yeah, it was a struggle. Never. And he he shot that with ease now. So it's just the way the game is changing. Kudos to all these big men who understand that if they don't ex- extend their range, they won't be in the league. 
Yeah, it's definitely important. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Moving from big men to coaches. There's so many yeah. coaching changes. We just talked yeah, about it before man. we got on here, but I don't know if you've yes. ever seen a season, an off season like this with so many coaching changes. But first, let's just talk about Doc went from LA Clippers to 76ers. So what'd you think about that one? So I think we talked about it before leading up to it. Who do we think could go where? I don't know. The podcast and, and ESPN starting to run together. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was ESPN, yeah. but no, as far as but, but what I was saying is that I felt like Doc would be great either in, in New Orleans or where he is in this, with the 76ers. Um, o, OKC might have been a good one, but it just, you just don't know what's, what's going to happen with Chris Paul and, you know, and, and Doc, Doc said it. He said he, and, and the OKC is proven that they're worthy and they're very close to, to, to really competing, um, late in, into the playoffs in, in some years. And with Doc's coaching, he would definitely take them over the top. Mm. I think the, the Pelicans are on the way. A lot of talent, a lot of young mm-hmm. talent who definitely excelled, uh, a lot, of, you know, improved, um, Brandon Ingram was like a, a beast this year. I mean, everybody on their team got better. And, you know, the same thing I say about the Sixers. I think, you know, they, they've been right there on the cusp for so long. And I think you, in, you, you implement Doc Rivers into a group like that. I, I mean, they have a lot of questions they need answered. Do you keep the group together? They need a lot of shooting. And I think that opens up the paint for Joel to kind of see more one on one play if not uh you know double teams that lead to open threes and even for Ben Simmons to kind of play some iso ball sometimes so I think Doc has the experience with players like Embiid I'm sorry with players like Simmons who's not a great shooter but still can find the ways for them to be successful I mean and and don't get me wrong Ben Simmons finds ways to be successful because he's a walking triple double Mm -hmm. Uh, but but I was saying that because I was thinking back in the day when Garden, uh, 
the Boston teams with Rondo when Doc was coaching them. I mean, he did one thing that I felt was genius back then is that people would would let Rondo shoot the ball, obviously. But what he did, he put Rondo under the basket. Hmm. So if you're going to go off double team off of Rondo, you had to run from under the basket. And Rondo was a great rebounder and he was a smart player and they started picking you apart. So when you started like, oh, let me go double team, Kevin Garnett, Paul, they all just threw it to Rondo, easy layup mm-hmm. or whatever. And it was just genius. So it just made things tougher. So he has a bas- uh, unbelievable basketball mind. Um, and and he, he's, he's, he's won a championship. He understands, you know, how this league works and how to be successful. So I don't, I don't, fors- I, I foresee him doing the same. Do you, if you're their GM, do you trade Embiid or Ben Simmons? See, uh, it, see, that's that's the problem. You know, the, the, to me, I mean, that's the thing for me as a as a player, and you know, for me, who who, if I were to be a coach, I want some say so. Mm-hmm. I don't want the say so of the GM, a hundred percent of the GM. I, I feel yeah. like as as a GM, and you bring in a, a proven coach. Um, I say any coach, but I'm just going to say, no, let's just say any coach. If you, in my opinion, if I'm a GM of a team, I'm looking out there, what's out there, but my conversation is going to, my first conversation is when I hire a coach or if I have a coach, I'm sitting down with them and I'm looking at, I want to know his philosophies and his style of play and, 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 and what, how, how he, he's had success coaching. And then I'm going to put those type of players around him. It just doesn't make sense to me if if I'm a GM and I have an ego, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get these guys, these guys. But it doesn't match the way the coach coaches. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you have the problem. But guess who goes, guess who's fired at the end of the day? The coach. <laughs> the coach, not the GM. Right. And, you know, but you're the GM who put the teams together. So I I, I hope they have a conversation with with Doc, which I know Elton, and he's he's been in this game long enough mm-hmm. uh, to where he gets that. And, and you know... I hope they have that conversation and they figure it out that way instead of, you know, like you've seen historically, GMs just make the decision in any sport. And sometimes it's just you bring in players that don't fit the the, the schemes or styles or philosophies of, of these other of the coaches that are coaching. It's just like, all right, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure this out or make this work with this guy. And, you know, that's just not their style of play. You know, it's just a lot into that. So for me as a coach, if I'm, if I'm coaching, I'm hoping that I at least have some say so as far as get, let me, uh, let me at least voice my opinion. Yeah. Even if you're going to do what you're going to do as the GM, let me voice my opinion about what type of players I'm looking for. Yeah. And then you can go out there and find them. And sometimes, you know, when they're, when, when the well is dried up and you can't find those kind of players and you got to go to plan B and C, but. So we don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to ask you a few more questions. How do you feel about Ty Lue going to the Clippers? Because, you know, obviously you see him as a LeBron guy, or at least I do. And so now he's coaching, you know, their local rival. I mean, it's just a great, it's a great opportunity for him. I think, you know, I give a lot of credit to, to Doc. I mean, I mean, he still, I feel like he put Ty in a position where he can succeed if he were to leave or get fired. And um, like I said, he has a championship. He's proven. Uh, they had a lot of options on their bench, in my opinion. Um, I'm just curious to see what happens with um, Sam Cassell. Um, mm-hmm. because I mean, he's been there. He, he, I think he's, he's ready to take the next step as a coach. My, my wish for a team that is built to win now, 
to me, it made sense to either hire Ty or, or, or Sam because they've already, they're already in that locker room. They've been around that team. Uh, well, I'll say at least a year mm-hmm. or longer. And you, you, now you go to the training camp and you hit the ground running that you already know what this team, how they operate, mm-hmm. what plays. And then, you know, Ty is going to implement his style along with what's going on. So it's an easier transition. You're not going through training camp with a new coach, new philosophy with the ready-made team and you're trying to win. Like, no, it's, it's, it's already, we already have our, our, uh, the basics, the basis of how we want to play, how, who we're going to play through and, you know, how we operate with all of our players. And now they just keep going. So it's just not, it's not like the, like you say, you always refer to dating, but it's not like that getting to know each other stage is phase. Right, they know right each other. To, yeah. yeah, you know, we know what what's going on. Let's 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 just do this type yeah. thing. So, uh, I felt like those two would would be the those two meaning Ty or Sam Cassell would have been the the best candidates for that team. And finally, um, there's a few other teams that have openings, so obviously it'll be interesting to watch. But um, D'Antoni left Houston, and Daryl Morey stepped down from there. So there's a lot of changes happening there. Do you see that? Did team- he step down though? Did that, really? That's what the okay, internet cool. said. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, I just, you know, read it like I see it. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Do you see that team staying together, at least the core? And then also what coach do you pick for them? I don't know how many coaches will play the small go go <laughs> they'll play some minutes with the small ball, mm-hmm. but I don't know how many coaches that will commit fully to the small ball. So I will you're definitely gonna see some 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 movement. You'll see some bigs. Um, come come in and there some you know some athletic bigs who can you know hybrid bigs who can do a lot of things um as far as the coach is concerned it's just i think i think for for them you you just have to find i, I think a young coach is not the, the not the one mm-hmm. you know you want an established coach who's who's had a tenure there honestly i don't know if uh, i think jeff van gundy is his his name is thrown around i'm not sure who else his name's been thrown around all right, here we have here we have the list. I'll read it to you. Kenny Atkinson, Stephen mm. Silas. Yeah, Stephen Silas. He's David Vanderpool. He's another guy who's ready. He's been around. Stephen Silas and, and David Vanderpool has been around a very long time. Wes Unsell Jr. has been around a, a, a long time. Um, John Lucas. John Lucas has been around forever. Um, he's a guy that I think you know. He's been in that organization for a very long time. Uh, who they, you know, respect. I think they will respect as well. Uh, Kenny Atkinson. I feel like Kenny's going to get a proven. job somewhere this year. Yeah. He has to. Yeah. I mean, and then you, you just depends. Like, I don't, I'm not sure of all of the other jobs. I know OKC is available. Mm-hmm. Indiana. I'm, I'm missing Indiana. So with this, just, just this group alone, uh, I mean, Vanderpool, I know very well. I mean, I, and and it, you can add uh, Stan Van Gundy in in the mix. Uh, of, of course, the Pelican job is open, right? So um, it's just, it just it just depends. Like I think once once a, a coach is established, because it's easy for us to say this makes sense, but it just depends on the direction they want to go. Do they 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 say they want something a young, fresh, up and coming coach to give him an opportunity? And if that's right. the case, I mean, you're looking at Silas Vanderpool. Uh, Unsealed Junior, uh, who, uh, who uh, those guys who would be their first job, their first mm-hmm. coaching guy who's been around as assistant for a very long time, well respected around the league. So I don't know. 
Um, all right. Well, we are on a bit of a time crunch. So my last question is, have you voted yet? And please tell voters, I mean, listeners, how important it is for them to vote. Stop it. Have I voted? Yes, I voted. What? What is today? It doesn't matter. Uh, whatever today is, I voted a week and a half ago. Great. Early, early, vote, early voting for me. Early yeah, voting I'm, is I'm, the move. I'm out of town. Yeah, it is. Um, I definitely encourage um, everyone to vote. I'm doing uh, this program with Matt Barnes, believe it or not, um, encouraging uh, HBCU students how, uh, to, to vote and how important to vote. But it's not just about HBCU um, students or African-Americans. It's about all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of players, it's great to see what NBA teams are doing, making sure all of their players are registered to vote. I mean, it's just the time now uh, I was asked about wh- how is things different now? I mean, players get it and they're on it now than, than it was many years ago. I mean, uh, not afraid to speak up and just uh, all about change and not just talking about it. I mean, everyone's being about it and mm-hmm. just seeing everybody registered to vote, whether they're you know, whatever, whoever, left or right, whatever you, wherever who you vote for, I mean, everybody's kind of taking this serious. Mm-hmm. And now, cause I can recall when the current president took over and people were complaining about him as a president, but you asked a question like, Hey, did you, did you vote? Like, right. nah, man, like it wasn't going to matter, but well, your argument doesn't matter because you didn't do anything about it. So this is this is this this is the same thing. I, mean, yeah. I just hope you know we we all take it serious, and which I you know which it's been proven people are taking it serious, and uh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Just everybody, just kind of. I mean, everywhere you turn now, and it's not even about the whole about anything else, but people just saying, "Hey, go, go vote. vote!" Like I mean, you're seeing I mean commercials after commercial for different companies getting behind this. The NBA is obviously yeah my, my former employer. Um, doing, doing great things, and you know, shout out to not even just you know uh, Adam Silver, but owners, coaches. Mm-hmm. We know what Lloyd Lloyd is doing. Great things is providing opportunity for communities to 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 get uh, to have the opportunity to vote. Uh, you know, with the initiative of opening the arena. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of M- other NBA teams have followed. Which is yeah. which is un, which is awesome. Um, which I, I do have a question. Like, can you explain to me or someone, you know, when you hear this, <laughs> explain to me why why did why did Milwaukee close close their um arena again? Okay, cool. I'll wait. I don't know, but I will say I'll close with this. It's very important to go vote if you're a Fulton County resident. You can vote at State Farm Arena from today until October 30th, and I will be working at the polls. So come hang out. Please vote. It's so important, more important than no, it don't ever hang has out. been. Come and vote first. Handle your business, and Handle then you can your come business, hang out. And then we can... No, I'm just kidding, because <laughs> I'll be working. But um, it's been cool to be a part of it, to be able to see everyone come in, a lot of first-time voters, a lot of people who haven't voted in a while. Yeah, that's that's what's dope. I mean, it's, I, mean I know it's kind of... it's. For as cool as everybody's like, oh, I'm behind it to vote. Uh, I'm I'm ready to vote. It's kind of like, can you recall your first time voting? It's it's kind of nerve wracking and 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 slightly you, leaves you uneasy. It's like, okay, I did uh, absentee my first time, so it didn't feel uh-huh. that cool because it was just like filling out a piece of paper. It doesn't than, matter. Like, but going I'm saying like polls. your vote. Yeah, I mean, I I did the polls one, um, but it's just even when you're filling it out, you know, you just I, I know for me it's like. 
I want this to count. Is this the yeah. right one? Like your right. vote might be the the, the game changer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even yeah. when I was filling out to, to uh, my my uh, my ballot now, it's just like, all right, yeah, yeah. And then you get all these other questions about that lo- local questions. Like, okay, um, yeah, this is important. Like, yeah. all right, um, yes, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever the case may be. And it's, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just glad to be a part of it, regardless. Yeah. And there's a lot of information online if people, because for me, like, I don't know a lot about local Atlanta, you know, who to vote Mm -hmm. for or who's running. Mm -hmm. So just doing research and finding, you know, from different people advice on, you know, who to vote for, for things about schools, stuff that I don't know about, but there's so much information out there. That you're doing it like an absentee or, you know, early voting, like in getting it, doing it that way where you can look it up. But if you're just walking in there. It, yeah. into the polls and doing uh-uh. it like There's that's no when you're phones. like uh bro i don't <laughs> know what's going on here you're like yeah, who is no this phone. again exactly and then you just gotta just guess i just gotta go with like whatever my my party is i'm like that'll do yep democrat that works perfect we'll go with it but i'm doing a lot of research so that i'm prepared as well as everyone else should be um thank you guys so much for listening to another edition of the winging it podcast thank you to my lovely yes, co-host sir. mr vince carter and don't yes. forget to uh five stars would be wonderful actually guys five stars throw us a few more five stars and we'll talk to you next time this episode is brought to you by state farm you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong but these are the words you really need to remember like a good neighbor state farm is there They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.